0: you're listening to the metro l a podcast an official podcast of the l a international Church of Christ okay so uh we're gonna pick up right where we left off last time and we left off with the gospel uh with the the term actually logos um and I do say logos uh, i know some people say logos and and that's there's a debate of the proper pronunciation I choose. To go with the argument for logos, so just so you know, um, most teachers you'll hear they'll say logos or logos, actually. Um, so, uh, so as I read last time, what the the general idea of the logos is: uh, the Greeks had an understanding, the Jewish had a slightly different, Jews had a slightly different understanding, and there's a, kind of a, a general understanding. The, the The incredible thing is, you know, it's translated obviously as the word. You know, they didn't, they chose not to leave it as logos because obviously it's not a common concept, but, um, but the word is a good choice because the word kind of represents any word represents something else, right? A concept. If you say the word frightened, obviously that represents a concept of a certain feeling and a uh, a reaction or, or, and there's a whole understanding behind that. So logos or logos is, uh, a word that, that, that represents much more. And that word, you know, it's translated in the beginning was the word. And you have to remember that, especially for Jews, um, every word of God has a power of its own. It is as the scriptures, as Hebrew says, a double-edged sword dividing soul and spirit. It penetrates the heart. Um, it, it is, it is something very powerful in it of itself. the very word is powerful um uh, the, there's there's absolutely well the the, the most obvious uh, example of that is the fact that God made creation through words. He said, Let there be light and there was light, let there be land and there was land. you know I mean everything the world was created through words, and Jesus is that word, but he his words himself sustain all life. That's, we read that in Hebrews one, right? Um, He is, he is the creator, but uh, each word, the understanding is each word has its own power. So, so when we speak words, they have a power unto themselves. Um, You know, I, I, it's been very obvious to me coming from a no religious background, really. I mean, I went to mass on Sundays with the family, but I really didn't understand what was going on. I never really paid that close of attention. So when I studied the Bible, it was as though I had never studied it, pretty much. And it was all, every word in the Bible was brand new to me. And what what really blows my mind for me was how much it changed my heart and how much it changed the way I think. It is it is supernatural. It is not a natural thing. It isn't like I just read a how to live book or like there's so many books on self-improvement and do this better, do that better, but they don't change you. You can take them or not take them. They don't transform you. The Bible changed me. The word of God changed me, changed how I feel about things, how I think about things, right? That's 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 the power of the word of God. Um, Isaiah wrote how it comes to the world. It does not return empty. It has its effect. It it bears fruit. It, it, it has its own power to make things happen. And so that's very important in understanding the role of Jesus, right? He is the logos of God. He is the one that God speaks through. You know, I mean, I always kind of joke around. My son was a Bose uh, salesperson, and I would tell him, you know, I want to be a bow speaker for the Lord. That because I want to be crystal clear and I want to be powerful, just like my Bose speakers that I got at home, right? Um, so that's 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 one of those concepts that's important that John gives us in John chapter one. Um so moving right along, in in that John, there's several things. Now keeping in mind the reason we're studying, we're going into more depth with John, because John specifically was written to help us understand. And that's why this is kind of our segue class right into the go- the Gospel of John series uh, for you to go ahead and take that. In fact, you'll repeat a little bit of it, but that's okay because research says that uh you're only keeping somewhere between 10 and 40 percent of what, what we're listening to anyways. So if you hear it a couple of times, it won't hurt you. It'll actually make you better and you'll remember more. So another powerful concept in the book of John that helps us understand Jesus um, is the term ego me," right? I, I am. This is a phrase that is said 24 times in the book of John. It's a very important phrase. Why? Well, because in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, um, when when Moses was asking God, well, who do I tell them in Egypt sent me? And it says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And the I am. Okay, now we're keeping in mind that most people grew up hearing this time in life. We're hearing the Septuagint version. You know, the, the so when people would hear this read to them, they would hear the same thing. Now, if they read the Hebrew version, while well, Jesus is saying it in, in Aramaic, which is very similar. So either way, there's a connection there. Um, they would recognize the statement, I, I am. Part of it is because it's double statement. It's like we have I and me, and it would be like if I said uh I, me, is the one who's going to do this, or I, I am is the one who's going to do this, you would you would notice why is he saying it twice? Why is he saying "I I am"? Because it's because it stands out. It 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 absolutely makes an impression and catches the attention of the listener. So he said this um, twenty four times in the in the full gospel, but of John. But also there's there's seven that are key and that are just considered kind of the the hallmark statements. And again, keeping in mind that the Gospel of John is written for us to know jesus um and there's not that mysterious don 't tell anybody who i am i 'm not i 'm the Son of man, not the messiah all well he didn't say i 'm not the Messiah, but he doesn't use that term. He uses the son of son of man term, which is a mystery to the people they don 't know exactly what that means early in his ministry, there was a lot of secrecy he wanted to do things. He wanted to connect. He wanted to build up his ministry before he went public, so to speak, with who he is. John's gospel focuses on the latter part of his ministry, where he's going full public and he's really letting everybody know who he is. So you get the statement, "I am the bread of life," and every one of those has is, has a whole lot of meaning packed into it. The bread of life, the lechem, right the the the, what, what sustains us. You know, God's people were kept alive through manna, through bread from heaven. It's, it's living by faith. It's, it's what God gives them to stay alive until they get to the promised land. Right? So he is that bread of life. He's who keeps us alive, who keeps us going until the, until we get to the promised land, which for us is heaven. Right? Right? so he keeps us going so we need to stay connected to him i am the light of the world right in a world full of false teachings and false ideas and great amounts of darkness he's the one who helps us see and understand where we're going and be able to see the path ahead of us be able to see the danger around us he illuminates us he he helps us to have the knowledge and the understanding that we need to be able to go to heaven i am the doorway You know, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. This is, this is a very, this is, this is very contrary to popular teaching today. This is the one that's probably going to get us persecuted because Jesus was very clear. I am the way, the truth, life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and there's no other name under heaven and earth that to be saved except through Jesus' name. So this is going to be one of those terms that it's going to strike lightning. It's going to be a lightning rod, but he said it and it's true. He is the gatekeeper. He is the one who lets people into heaven and ushers people into eternal relationship with God. So we need him. We, he is the Lord. He, we need him. He is the doorway. Uh, I am the good shepherd. You know, that, 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 um, between here and there, between here and heaven, we've got a lot of years to live. Most of us do. And we've got a lot of challenges and difficulties and traps and and things that Satan will throw at us and just life itself. Living in a cursed world is never going to be easy. It will never, ever be easy. It's always going to be a challenge. And And some people say, well, if it's so challenging, then I'm not going to be a Christian. It's not any less challenging than the world. The world is challenging. Life is challenging because the world is a fallen place. It's a cursed land, okay? The truth is, you know, I always say the the worst day in the kingdom of God is better than the best day in the world, and there's many reasons for that, none of which I have time to go into at this point in this lesson, but he is the good shepherd. He takes care of us. He helps me. He guides me. He strengthens me. I need him all day long, every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, every minute of the day. I need Jesus. And so do you. He said, also said, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay. He is the resurrection. He's the one that brings us back. He's the one that is the pioneer in this. I mean, basically he said he conquered death, right? As the first among many. So many others will conquer death. Many others will be raised and either receive eternal life or not. And, and, and he's the resurrection. He's the first one to do that. He's the one that opened the door, so to speak, and we follow, right? Um, and it says, "and the life," okay, which is also at the end of the way, the truth, and life. And I've, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I've talked about it several times. But the difference between bios and zoë, bios being organic life, you know, that 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 just the, the the material, the fabric of life, but zoë is the quality of life. Zoe is that, you know, when somebody says, man, I have a good life, or they say, man, he's got a really great life. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about Zoe, being fulfilled, being confident, knowing who you are, what you are, why you're here, what your purpose is. All of that feeds into Zoe, the having life and life to the fullest. And Jesus is the life. He is that. He is Zoe. We get Zoe from him. I mean, I think about how... um you know, how I live my life. I, I'm not living it where I'm going to regret a bunch of stuff. I, because I'm following Jesus, I keep my priority. The priorities of life are my priorities. So on my dying bed, if I get to sit around and think and reminisce about my life, I'm not going to be full of regret because I did what was most important. I may have not been perfect, definitely not perfect. Definitely make my mistakes. Definitely have my, my times of down and town times of up, but I stay on the path and I keep following Jesus. And what I keep getting is life and life to the full. I keep getting Zoe. And then I am the way, the truth and the life. There's three of them here, right? The way, the way is very important. That, that, that word for the way or the road or the, 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 um, the path is is a concept that goes all through the Old Testament, you know, and, and you see you see God telling Joshua this, stay on the road, do not go to the left, do not go to the right, you know, I've heard several movies where they'll tell somebody, stay on the path, don't get off the path, you know, if you go into the jungle, you will die, I know in Lord of the Rings, as they're going through Mirkwood, Gandalf tells them, stay on the path, do not get off the path. You know, of course, they get off the path. What do they do? They go off the path, and they get attacked by spiders. Well, the, in a sense, this this is a concept that's been from the Old Testament through the New Testament: the way of the Lord, the path of righteousness, the path of the Holy One. Look up the way. Look up the word, the road, um, the way. There's lots of lots of lots of of, of verses that talk about this. And Jesus talks about it and it talks about it throughout the New Testament as well that we live our life on the way or on the path. Um, and the truth, he is the truth. This is also becoming incredibly important right now because this post, the postmodern world doesn't believe in a truth. The postmodern world, popular philosophy is that everybody has their own truth. Your truth, my truth, everybody can believe whatever they want and ascribe to whatever they want. And the problem with that is that basically dismisses any actual truth being there. And there is an actual truth. There's things that really are what they are. There are things that really are right and things that are really wrong. And and it's not a popular concept, but it is true. And Jesus is, he is the truth. And this is really important, especially for those of you searching, you know, because frankly, there's just a lot of garbage religion out there. And there's a lot of religion that only takes you a few steps and you get an intro, but you don't get anything beyond that. And, and, and really there's, I I mean, I've been a Christian now 37 years and I'm still learning so much about the truth and about God. And it's an endless pursuit But it's a fantastic pursuit, because every step along the way, you're being enlightened, you're being strengthened, you're being guided along, as long as you keep your focus on Jesus. Because some people don't keep growing. Some people get old in the faith, but they don't get mature in the faith. You know, as as somebody once said, you're either getting better or you're getting bitter. You know, and some people, they take their eyes off Jesus, and they get more and more bitter. You know, this is the prodigal son story. That's the older brother. All these years I've been serving. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And and it's just complain, complain, complain. It's bitterness. Whereas the younger, younger brother blew it, knew he blew it, was so happy back, humble, grateful, which is where we all want to be humble and grateful. And that does, by the way, equal happy too. Whereas bitter and old does not equal happy. It equals just misery, really. But so it's important to have the way, the truth, and the life, right? And then the last one, I am the true vine. Uh, no one comes to the Father again unless they're connected to the vine. You've got to be connected to Jesus. You can't just visit Jesus once in a while. You have to stay connected to him. And that's really what these videos are all about, is helping us fortify and strengthen that connection. Because life comes through him. The strength, the energy. I think some of us are trying to live the Christian life without being connected. And, 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 you know, here's another one of my great revelations. You cannot be Christian without the Christ. You can't. You can't live a spiritual life without the Spirit. You can't be godly without God. And you can't be a Christian without the Christ. They're both embedded in that word and their words because they are essential. And, and you may laugh, say, well, that's stupid. But the truth is a lot of people try to live the Christian life without being connected. And they're not being well connected and they're not really walking with the Christ, but they're still trying to be Christians. And, you know, I know we all make mistakes. I'm not talking about that. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but that, but, but we get right back up and we stay connected to Jesus and we keep our eyes on him. And when we blow it, we get back on if we catch yourself wandering off the path, we repent and get right back on the path. That's the key to this. So I am the true vine. He's the one that if you're connected to him, you're going to receive the strength, the power, the truth, the way, the life that we all want. Amen. So those are the 7 I am statements. Um they're 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 worthy of much deeper study. I mean, there's there's books written just about the 7 I ams. So understand, there's a lot more in there. Again, this is just an intro, so this is getting there. So seven signs, you know, the the gospel of John also have seven signs of Jesus that all tell us something about him. So the first one was John chapter two, the water to wine. And, you know, here he's at a banquet and he's changing water to wine. He's making something that has no impact and something that has a lot of impact wine opera oftentimes represents Jesus as blood and blood. has to be paid in order to get to heaven. Right. Um, so there has to be a sacrifice of blood, but there's a scripture in Hebrew says without blood, there is no forgiveness. And so here he is at the banquet. The wine is needed. The blood is needed to go to the banquet of God, which is heaven, right? That points to him, the healing of the official son, you know, that with faith in him, we can be healed. We can be helped. We can, we can overcome things. Even something as deadly as uh, something that's deadly. Um, we can all be saved. The healing at the pool of Bethesda, when, when he asked him, do you want to get well? You know, if we want it, Jesus can help us. Now, if we don't want it, then nobody can help us. Right? I mean, you can't help somebody that didn't want help, but that's what Jesus is here for to help you. He's, a coach, he is a father. He is a he is your biggest fan by far. I mean, he just he loves you more than anybody, and and wants you to succeed, wants you to have a great life. Okay, so so so, but we have to believe that, and we gotta we've got to do our part, which is make things happen. You know, don't let Jesus be cut out of your life. Um, so that question that he asked, you know, do you want to get well? It was actually a very good question. Then again, we got the feeding of the 5,000. And of course, the lesson there is that, you know, even with a little, a lot can be done. Right? Even with just a few loaves and fishes, great things can happen. So it just takes a little bit of faith and a little bit of obedience to make great things happen. And that was the lesson there, that with Jesus, great things will happen. Certainly the truth. I've seen marriages fixed. I've seen addictions left behind. I've seen people bust through some pretty intense stuff. I look at my own life and what a mess I was and full of anger and caught up in a lot of bad stuff. And, and and even with my desire, I really wanted to help the world become a better place, but I had no means to do it. Now I have all of that. Okay. And that's all because Jesus took care of me and with a little, a lot can happen. Which is right, it goes right into the next one, the walking on water, which of course, if your eyes are fixed on Jesus, amazing things can happen. But if you let if you get shelf, get problem focused, if you you know, you remember the story, Peter gets out of the boat, walks in the water, but then when he sees the wind and the waves, he starts to sink. Why? Because he took his eyes off Jesus. And that's a that's a very practical thing, is learning how to stay Jesus focused and And oftentimes we don't we don't really think about that, and we need to think about it because it's incredibly important is that we live our lives jesus focused jesus centered so that's probably a whole nother lesson right there but um then the the seventh the sixth one, the healing of the man born blind, you know that Jesus obviously opens our eyes helps us see a whole new realm out there. Uh, and what's happening in the spiritual world, and where are we at? We can't live our Christian lives with our eyes closed. We can't walk around being ignorant or being blind as Christians. Eyes need to be open. We need to be watching what's happening, learning all that we can learn, and seeing the hand of God, because God's hand is always moving. And if you lose sight of that hand, you will probably lose sight of Jesus and it will be very discouraging. And then people just get religious. Okay. We don't like just being religious. We really want to be walking with God. So healing a, bland, a man born blind. And then of course, the resurrection of Lazarus. I mean, if he can do it with Lazarus, he can do it with me. What one man can do, another man can also, right? So, so the, the Jesus said, look, you're going to see it happen and it's going to happen to you. So, we have to have the faith to believe that, excuse me, if Lazarus can be re, re, um, resurrected, then so can I. And, and and if Lazarus was resurrected, and he was, then so will I. So that's pretty cool. So I want to close out with this, um, this, this set of studies with this. Um, as I said earlier, I think in yesterday's class, how... Uh, sometime around the, third, the end of the third century, um, the leaders, they had their first big meeting of all the top leadership of the church. And they basically wanted to clarify what is real Christianity. And in other words, there were other groups out there teaching different things. There were other groups out there calling themselves Christians that weren't following the Bible. So they wanted to identify what is real Bible, what is correctly Bible, and what is the correct beliefs. And they came up with this creed, a statement that you can say that that kind of sums up what does it mean to be a Christian. And it's called a creed. And that's, that's just basically a fancy way of saying, what do you believe? But every Christian ascribed to this, because this was the definition of real Christianity. And this is uh, this is at the council of Nicene of Nicaea. Um so this is you know this is uh right after three hundred AD. And here's here's what the creed is. And I want you to think about this because this is important. This is what real Christianity is. He says, they say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. Okay, it's right out of scripture, right? I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial, consubstantial with the Father. In other words, that they're made of the same thing, um, through him, all things were made. Okay, so so far he's really kind of splicing scriptures, right? The Father, excuse, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic, universal, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life, and the life of the world and the life of the world to come. Amen. So this is this is basically what early Christian belief was, you know. And and I do want to point out that uh where it says Catholic, people say, what you mean the Catholic Church? No, it's Catholic means universal. So he says, I believe in one universal church, one church out there that is really the church of Jesus Christ, of course, of which he is the head and the church is his body. So this is, this is what the early Christians believed about Jesus. This is what we need to understand about him because that really this is the truth of Jesus. He is God. He is the exact representation of God. He is in the form of a man, and yet he is also God in essence. And more than anything, his was to clear a path, a way for us to follow, pay the price of our journey, and lead us to the promised land, which is heaven. So that's Jesus. And, uh, um, I were going to, I'm going to end it there and encourage you to after this video to go to the John videos. John chapter one. It, it overlaps with this. There's some of the things that we just discussed that will be there, but, uh, there's so much more. There's just way more. And, um, there's, there's tons of the John study. It's a great way. They're in little 25 minute snippets. So it'd be a great way to learn it. So God bless you. And and I pray that your journey to finding and knowing Jesus will be rich with God's blessings. So thank you and God bless you. Goodbye. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.